in Jesus' name. Our Lord, we commit the class today unto you. Come and continue to teach us, to help us to take this time and make it yours again. And it's for a season of a time of blessing. Lord, I pray, let it be remarkable. Let there be so much insight, so much grace, so much help to us, to everyone, um, those who are here and, and online, those on, in the class, and those who will listen, even hereafter. And let the spirit of blessing be strong tonight and help our conversation to fetch, Lord, the blessing thought upon your heart, even concerning the subject of fellowship. Thank you, our Lord. We give you praise and wisdom. I pray, help me to access your wisdom. Lord, as I facilitate and we discuss, let your wisdom be strong, Lord, to bring help to us. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Um, good evening to everybody. Um, I trust you had a wonderful weekend uh, and your week has started off very well today. Um, we're going to um, we'll try and continue this maybe round up if we can. Um, the discussion on this chapter to, uh, tonight, chapter fellowship. Um, I think last week we were were trying to answer some questions. Um, but I think there are still some questions that was that were unanswered from um last time as well. Um, I, um. I just want to get a sense, though, um, uh, those of us who maybe asked the question or from last week to see if we will, if maybe we got answers or there's anything else. But um, before I go ahead, I would like to um, acknowledge and appreciate uh, pastors, Pastor Femi, um, Pastor Wimi. Pastor Ceci and Sopsola and Pastor Bukumi, Sotovia. I send my love to you. <laughs> Good evening, Saz and Maz, and thank you for um thank you for who you are and for um your service <laughs> to us. Um, thank you for serving us under Jesus and uh, helping helping our souls. Pray the Lord will continue to strengthen you all in Jesus' name. And um, okay, is is Auntie Ryan here? I want to just call her because she asked a very important question last week. Um, just to see if there were an answer if she felt um let me see 
to sit down. Okay, she might not have, maybe she hasn't joined yet. Okay. But okay, I think also Benji, you added some. Benjamin added a contribution to our question. So, Benjamin, are you here? Thank you. Yeah, yes, sir. That's a good evening, yes. sir. Good evening, sir. How are you? Fine, thank you, sir. Yeah. Do you remember uh, last week that question? Uh, yes, sir. But I, I think it was more Daniel that followed up. But I remember, um, see, mm. uh, my asked something about um family. Okay, uh, so it wasn't you. There was some after and mind. There was also somebody. Yes, it was. About family. Sorry. Yes, I, it was Daniel. It was Daniel. It was Daniel. Okay, yes. okay. I think it was asking about work or something. Uh. He followed up with Timayas and then I added work. Okay, okay. Okay, Daniel. Yes, sir. Yeah, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm so I'm guessing you you caught the spirit of that question. So maybe yeah. from if you can just talk about it if you feel okay. I think Auntie Mayan is here. Let her because I'm seeing Uncle John's. Yeah. Pastor, good evening, sir. Good evening, Ma. How are you, Ma? Good evening, Pastor. Yes, so um, good evening, Ma. I actually, uh, I, I actually just wanted to say that, yes, my question was answered because okay. it kind of made me see and understand that um, we have to use wisdom in every facet of life um, yes. in relation with our growth and what level we are. We have to protect you know, this life that we have found and this knowledge um, in us that precious things are kept secret. So we have mm -hmm. to walk in wisdom towards maybe friends, family, even at work, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just protecting this life that we have until the point where we have grown, you know, until when we have reached a point that we have grown beyond that, um, whoever it is at that point in time, that is maybe almost attacking the life to use that word it wouldn't mm. matter because we have grown um beyond that so that was what i got from the answer to my question and it, it actually did answer my question thank you so much sir awesome thank you ma thank God you bless. sir yes sir um okay daniel yeah. yes sir yes sir hello sir hello sir yes sir yes sir um, yeah, my question also was answered very well. I, like you said, the spirits of the answer as well. I, I received that um, by faith. I think you, for me, it was um, the John seventeen, right? That you know that one of the basic principles is that you will be kept in the world. Is the wisdom of, you know, being kept in the world and not being affected, and also that wisdom of conversation is that um, when you start having conversation, you begin to kind of convert your members. So in a situation where we are faced with, you know, those kind of thoughts or those kind of um, interactions, um, we don't even have to say everything. Sometimes there's wisdom to just keep, 
and then um um yeah i think i think that was pretty much some some of the answers that you shared and also wisdom of keeping yourself um hiding like antimaya said you don't have to you know have the same conversation with everyone like tell everyone you know what you're up to and um just the wisdom there of how to operate and you know even speaking about you know Lucifer and his merchandising um merchandising um that wisdom of merchandising your your words or merchandising your the thoughts that you that are found in you, like the way iniquity was found in him, we were seeing that it was not like one, a one-time thing or a sudden event. He must have been having series of conversations, you know, converting his members. So some of those areas are where, you know, we should have wisdom to be careful. And I think you also spoke about something again from that question that sprung up was, um, initially, I think it was also ability to be meek, if I can interpret it, interpret it like that, ability to be meek. I think you initially wanted to start from that Philippians, you know, the mind, let this mind be in you, you know, how the, um, the meekness basically on how to deal with people, you know, just, yeah, how to deal with people. Because the question I asked also was how not to break the code, even when you are, you are, bound to fellowship with those kind of um, thoughts. I think you started by, you know, just establishing that we should be meek. Um, I'm not sure you said meek, but just, you know, just having that um, frame of humility when you are having those interactions with people. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is there anyone who can, I don't know if Daniel, you will do that, but also anyone else who would be able to, just to uh, a bit speak about some of the things we saw from, um, I think we looked at Ezekiel 28, because um, we spent some time, some time there. And then we also touched a bit on the, uh, on Cain, Genesis, I I think we, we just were able to draw some insight from those places. Can anyone just touch a bit on those things? Um, to, just to summarize them. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um. So I I remember some things you said in regards to Cain. Okay. Um, you were talking about um, evil communication, mm. corrupting mm. good manners, and you were you were kind of redefining what evil communication meant. Because previous to that time, or previous to that time, most times when we use that phrase, we think of evil communication with other people. Mm. But um, you were helping us to see that evil communication is actually that the soul has members. Like every soul has multiple, like many members. So the evil communication and that some some members of a soul at a certain point could be, um, could have received more help, salvation or life yeah. um, than other members of one same soul. 
Um, but that if a man dwells, or if a man allows an evil communication or an evil thought to sit in the heart and basically converses with it like Cain did. Um, and you also mentioned that that's, that was the same thing that happened with Lucifer. Lucifer did not just maybe wake up one morning and fall. That it must have started from one evil, like one thought or one evil seed and him allowing that to basically ruminating on it within your members and allowing that one member convince other members yeah. of your soul to align with the side of the evil light that comes in. Um, so that was the conversation in regards to what you were saying that I remember about King. Um, and basically that was what King did. He allowed um, his members to be corrupted. And he, he, at some point he literally woke up and, He's like, I'm out of the presence of God. I can't even be like he, he rejected God basically. Um, mm. Yeah, you were just counseling us about that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Angela. Uh, yes, okay. does anyone want to also add to that? Um, Hello, good evening, sir. Also, good evening. Um, yes, sir. Yes, so I also also like to ask about hello everyone. Um, so you quoted the scripture Ezekiel twenty eight, mm. um, fifteen sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. basically, I'll just read through. Um, it just says, "Thou was perfect in thy ways from from the day that that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee, mm. by the multitude of." Thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Um, so you're just explaining how um, iniquity was found in um, Lucifer um, yeah. by the multitude of thy merchandise. So that that trafficking and merchandising that he was doing with his soul um, and trafficking and communion with other angels as well. Um, so, which also just led to the fall um, in men as well. And you quoted the, the acts of Cain as well, um, whereby he killed his brother because he gave a more um, righteous sacrifice that was pleasing unto God and his own works were evil. Um, which led to that murder from the beginning um, that yeah. Satan had birthed as well. Um, and you also said something quite profound, um, that a man's soul is a type of church that is made up of many members, yeah. um, which we could see with what Satan was doing. Like one member of his soul was communing with the other, and yeah. he ended up um, initiating other angels into that merchandising and that trafficking. So... Yeah, that that was what I learned from that. And so just to add, I also started thinking of a particular verse in the Bible um, yeah. that I started to see differently. I'll just try and find it very quickly. Um, okay. I think it's Matthew 5. Yeah. Uh, just looking for it. Sorry, sir. Yes, Matthew 5. Sorry, I can't find it at the moment, but it's basically, it was basically quoting how um, if one 
member of like the body causes you to think that you should mm-hmm. fuck it out. Like if it's the eye, it's better yeah. for just that one member to be cast into the fire than the whole body should perish. So um, I just started to see it a bit from the lens of what we were speaking about last week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can also shed some light on that, but it started to make me think um, if Jesus was actually speaking about like a, a part of the the, the mm-hmm. human body or if yes. it's actually you know the case of this trafficking that we're learning about so yes that's nice to add that thank you sir <laughs> no problem yes uh thank you so much thank you uh for that um uh, so that, that, i think that, that was Matthew five that jesus was um speaking about uh i think in, yes, in Matthew five yeah he he spoke about it's I think it was teaching about lost there. And you know, specifically it was talking about looking on a woman to lost after her and all of that. Um but I think um in uh like later on Jesus spoke about the the same thing again, right? But he was talking about it in a more robust way so he wasn't just speaking about you know because there's a way you can one can think jesus was just talking about lost uh yeah so yeah that's matthew 5 28 but i say unto you that whosoever look up to the woman not to lost after her had committed adultery with her already in his heart verse 29 that and if thy right eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Okay, verse 28. Then in thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee. It is profitable that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. So Jesus was talking about what he was saying here, like you said, is a lot deeper than this, because Jesus... um. If you check the book of Mark, I think Mark chapter 9. Let's see, Mark 9, verse 42. It says that, and whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And then if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched where their one diet and the fire is not quenched. And then if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to, to, en- to enter heart into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their one diet not and the fire is not quenched. And if, and if thy eye offend thee, so kept on mm-hmm. saying the same thing. So for everyone, verse 49, for everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with fire. Salt is good, 
But if salt have lost its saltness, wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Praise God. Um, this is a very, very, very key chapter. Um, I think the Spirit of God moved you to to this to this thought. <laughs> um, yeah, um, because um, what Jesus is dealing with here ah, is wisdom that everyone, every every person ought to have against things that that have the uh, the agenda or the ability or the have the aim the goal to break fellowship to to stop fellowship and and this Jesus is teaching about an attitude that one ought to have here against such things um just before I go on um there's one from last week the one one main question I think we were not able to touch mainly was the one that Rotulu asked even from two weeks ago was about more of um when one is going through maybe suffering some kind of tribulation or things like that um and then knowing if it's the suffering of Christ or not and dealing with hastiness too. So, but that hastiness and in fellowship and transition, I think we dealt with those ones, but mainly about the suffering part. That part we haven't dealt with. So, if the Lord gives us grace today, we'll be able to deal with that. But just to ask quickly from last week, was there any other question that someone asked that we, we didn't touch at all? Um, just if you ask, if you maybe ask the question, I, I haven't, apart from Rotolo. Does anybody else? So there was a question from last week. Um, any anyone? Believe I'm forgetting, so I won't leave anything behind. Okay. Mm. All right, it doesn't seem so. Um, okay. Or just generally, is there anybody who has a question? Maybe something came up, something came up in your heart from last week. Um or now, yeah, you would like to ask that, please. Yes, sir. I I I do have a question. I have I have two questions actually. Okay. Um, one is from two weeks ago, sir, and okay. one is from um Saturday teaching. So I don't know if this is the right platform to ask a question yes. about wisdom. Okay, just go ahead. Um, okay, so the one from two weeks ago is when you were talking about how value-wise we are the same with before God, um, mm. or functional-wise, um, we may be different, but everybody has equal opportunity to acquire life in whatever function in a way mm. that pleases God. So it's not really about the function, it's about like God places value on his life and each yes. individual. So I just yes. wanted to clarify where when you because now you you now started talking about submission, how the lower ham should be able to submit to the upper ham in, mm. in terms of functionality. But what mm. about in terms of value where um you believe that the quality of life that somebody has is superior to the one you have, 
but mm. um like nothing functional brings you together <laughs> like nothing functional you just appreciate the life like i just wanted you to um in that same context maybe just shed more light on that um aspect like submitting in terms of life value rather than mm. just function um that's the one from two weeks ago and the one about wisdom um yes i was and thank you so much i've been so blessed <laughs> but i just the more i think about and listen to the uh, message um the more i have like this question so i just wanted to ask um so okay. what was the difference between wisdom revelation and counsel so um the the way you explained on saturday you were like um wisdom is knowing what to do um you, you it was almost as though wisdom is the instruction you have for life situation and um is 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 more like you knowing what to do in those situations and then we grow by doing those things um mm. when we know what to do um because we we grow by working right by doing and becoming um so the the question i had at is that um which comes first is it wisdom or revelation or can it be either and the the way I was thinking about that is so let's say example for example, um mm. God wants to teach me about love for the for my brethren. And you know, yes. the Holy Spirit is teaching me like wonderful Bible study. I'm listening to messages, everything is just pointing to love for the brethren, love for the brethren, love for the brethren. So it gets mm. to a point where I can feel like okay, to some extent, like um a certain understanding has come in this regard. Um yes. so when life situations now start coming where Oh, Holy Spirit is not instructing me that this this thing I've been teaching you. Uh, hey, I need you to do this in this situation. Okay, day to day, mm-hmm. even we work with colleagues. When is now breaking those that revelation in code? When is it breaking it down for how I'm living my life so that I can actually act on it and do it? Is mm-hmm. that wisdom? And if that is wisdom, what is counsel? Like I just, I, I, I think I, I don't really. It's not. It's quite blurry right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the question, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, all right, so maybe we should just um, talk about your questions, flatter me. Oh, but is there any other question from anyone else? Before we move on. All right, so I will just continue and if you have a question you can just raise your hand uh, or you can type it we'll see Father, thank you amen um thank you jesus okay Oprefna, Esanata, Esmenotios, Esmiantios, Esidiantios, Sianios, Isios, Antiosios, Fenicios, Tamidiosios, Simitios, Smitianios, Sios, all is yours, it's all yours, all yours, all yours, it's all yours. Sosu and Ashtofano, all yours to have, it's all to have, all yours to have, all yours to have, all my wisdom, all of my counsel, all of it, all of mine are yours, 
All mine are yours. All of mine are yours. All I have are yours. All are yours. All are yours. And I will give you, I will give you freely. I will continue to give you freely. Freely to you. Freely to you. As you desire, I will give freely to you. All my counsel. All my wisdom. All my wisdom. All my counsel are yours. Are yours. Say the Lord. Thank you, Father. Um, okay, for like me, you asked. Um, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, our Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless your name. Amen. Um, okay, about the... Um, so I think what you are really asking is submission. That first question. That, um, so I think you're saying you understand submission that is um, maybe based on your... Um, I think we spoke about your function. Um, when I when I was saying function, there I was in I was saying it in terms of one's particular um, positioning in the body, right? Um, which is um, mainly I was speaking mainly about. Um, Things that express that can express as offices, for example, you know there are offices and then there are gifts. Um, in first in first Corinthians, there are, then first Corinthians show how the uh, you know when you read Ephesians chapter um, four, you see what those they call them gifts of christ but we know those gifts of christ are housed in offices right pastors fivefold we call them fivefold ministry um so they they sit there ephesians 4 as offices but then when you come to first corinthians at the beginning of first corinthians it's this book about chapter 12 it's book about gifts right and then they those gifts have administration. Um, they have um, operation, right? And they have those diversity of gifts. What was the third one? There are three they mentioned there. Um, so, but then towards the end of the chapter, you see where it's as if they began to merge offices. They began to lay offices and gifts together. Towards the end, then they, they mention healings, like where they, they mention apostle, prophet, first apostle, prophet, and all. They now mention healing, all those things. It's as if they are merging them together, um, which is gifts of Christ from Ephesians, and then bringing in things that seem like the um, gifts of the Spirit. Um, so you now see that in those things, what they're actually ordering are different functionalities within the church, 
And then you find that people can function in offices, some, some function in in gifts. You see they mention helps, for example, helps ministry, right? That thing called helps ministry is very vast, very, very vast. You see a lot of of different depart church departments you see when you come into the church or the workforce, you know, choir is here, you know, sanitation, all of those things. You categorize all of, almost all of them under helps ministry. And you find in First Corinthians chapter 12, you find helps is situated there in somewhere. So you see there's a way that all of these things flow um, into each other. And for each individual, when it comes to how you're positioned in the body of Christ, um, there is a wisdom of the Spirit to locate a person. A person might not be a pastor or a prophet or an evangelist, but that, that person might have either a gift of the Spirit, right? Or even if someone doesn't have gifts yet, um, someone that doesn't have gifts yet can also be finding... Let's just read that, please. Just very, very quickly. First Corinthians 12. From, let's from verse 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. So you see, first apostles, second really prophets, thirdly teachers. You see, those three are three out of the five. They sound like three out of the five in Ephesians 4. The one that you don't see here is evangelists and <laughs> And pastors, right? Um, then you now see, but it now goes from there into miracles, then gifts of healing. So it's bringing in almost like spiritual gifts. And then in terms of how things that are set in the church, mixing in miracle, um, gifts, they now move into helps. So helps is not part of the spiritual gifts, but it's also... Um, uh, part of functionality. See, helps. Then you see, government. They now brings diversities of tongues, which is part of the gifts again at the end. So you're seeing what Paul is teaching here is is something else. Why you say why is he mixing all these different things together? It's because what he's teaching of is an umbrella concept of functionality. Right, which is in the body, where when it comes to this function, you'll find every single person in the body will find themselves here somewhere. Right, that so if you are not maybe you find you are in a, a, a community, you're not a pastor, you're not an evangelist, you, you, you feel you don't have the gifts of tongues, you don't have, but there's something you are doing. A lot of a lot fall into either helps or governments, you know, those two houses, a lot of um people so you see that's that small one called helps there is very very mighty very mighty right and it might be official or not official official but um there is also a very vital 
is it is actually is a kind of ministry, is a functionality, ministry of helps, um, which I think in a local assembly, almost every believer, even the least gifted one, should has a place even in this place here. Right. So when you're thinking of of function, and this helps does not have to be something organized. Let's say you're in a department and you're given a job to do. Um, this is, um, I think, something that um, that, um, okay, let's just read verse 29. It says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. So it's clear the answer is no. That's what he's asking those. Of course, not all. He's saying, but covet endlessly the best gifts. And yet, so if not all have all these things, but but yet you should covet them, right? And when it comes to these gifts, uh -huh, there's a space for coveting them. But he said, yet I show you a more excellent way. So he's telling you it's not even that they are functions and all of these things, but. There is something more excellent than those things. That was when you know when in chapter 13 I began to speak about you know all those things. You can speak with tongues of men, angels, and all, but have no charity. Then now we're going to speak concerning charity, right? Which is when you talk of charity, you're not thinking of um a a almost like a landmark estimation of value. So you see, his language is moving from function, mainly in chapter 12, moving more into what really gives you value. And so it's in chapter 13. Check the language of chapter 13. It's more of it's a value language, not a function language. Chapter 12 is more of a functional language. Because in chapter 13, it's talking about your worth. Say, though I speak with tongues of men of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or tingling symbol. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, it's talking about what you have, what you have. And so I can move mountain and have not charity. Then it says, I am nothing. So he's talking of, of value here, what you are worth. Right? So your worth. So you see these two these two things, value and function, they, they actually um they are they are the two sides that um that play that come into play um in terms of um how a person is you know situated in the body of Christ. So like I said, um so when God is positioning a, a person in the body the person God is ultimately positioning you to 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 increase in your value, like here, right? They are talking about increase in charity. You are you are you will be given. Um, um, so how you discern? This is I'm trying to answer your question. When you are trying to discern your positioning, like. In the body of Christ, like where should you be? What community? Like both in in a sense of being part of a local church, or part of how you are choosing your close, you know, 
brethren, how you're allowing the positioning your, yourself to allow the Holy Spirit to bring relationships in the body of Christ into your life, which local church to attend, where to be in, what pastor to be under, where to live, what city to live in, what neighborhood to live in. All of those things that have to do with your positioning, right, both on the inside and, your, and on the external side of it, that the, the way if one should think about it, you must factor in these two sides of it, right? So you have to factor in first, um, your positioning must be such that the Lord is able to feed you and reach you and give you everything that's needed for you, you in particular, right? To make you to increase, right? There can, there can be a soul that be in this place. If you are in a certain place, you will suffer, be your kind of soul. Some souls can have a unique kind of challenges. And because of the unique challenge that, that soul has in terms of uh, maybe your own, your nurture, your environment growing up, the family you came from, the peculiarity of your soul, the peculiar challenges of your kind of person, right? That to help you to grow and to come into more value in the spirit, there are certain kind of believers you need to be around. And there's a certain kind of pastor who should pastor you, right? Just because of your own unique, say we are all, we are members in general. Sorry, we are of one body, but members in particular. That, that means there's a particularity to you. That's why the, the Lord will allow there to be different churches. It can be the same waters, the same waters, the same, under the same sort of calling the same oracle, the same season, maybe on that word of righteousness, your soul is under that. But when it comes to localization, the specific kind of pastoral grace you need, apostolic grace you need, the kind of offices and individuals and people who should be around you, there's a peculiarity to that. And we will discuss all of those things, right? So then there's that aspect which you want to position for, in a, for, for, your soul to be able to appreciate and increase. And also the second side to it is that where you are positioning must be must be functional in the sense that there will also be a sense of how you also fit into the body and how you also serve the body. Right. And that one will now do with more of your peculiarity of your kind of giftings, the kind of giftings you are given. Um, if you are someone who is called into if an office, maybe in the fivefold, the peculiarity of your office, right? And all of those things. If you're someone who you're not, you know, you don't feel you have too much gifts of the spirit, but you have some kind of ability for helps. There's nobody who doesn't have helps ministry in you somewhere. So it means that everybody can carry out basic function, right? To supply you know, at a particular place. So those are the two things. So your saying is, your question was, should the submission be based on just functionality, or what if maybe you are seeing someone who, what you are, what you are, it's not an official, you know, submission. Maybe it's not your HOD in church, or <laughs> it's not your pastor, or it's just maybe somebody that's a brother that, ah, you love the, you can perceive, you love the aroma of God's life in them, right? You can sense, you can smell that there's something awesome in them that can flow into you, 
And then I'm guessing your question is whether can submission be based on that? Um, the answer is 100%. Um, submission can be based on that. Now, um, I think we've talked, I don't know if I've, I've thought about submission before in terms of there's submission, and the Bible speaks about that. There's submission to authority as one side. There's also submission one to another, right? And so the submission one to another, that one is a general theme, right? That one is not... Um, um, it's different from um is that one is 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 submission is submission as the Holy Ghost arranges for the purpose of life. As the way the Holy Ghost can orchestrate people around you, bring people into your life, right? Make them come close to you. And in that relationship, you see how they can help you and cause you to increase, right, in in life and to prosper in life. Yeah, so there's that kind of submission, um, which that one, there might not be too much in terms of, um, even though what you, what Paul was, the things Paul was describing as functions in First Corinthians, first, too much of First Corinthians twelve might not be happening in that relationship, but more of First Corinthians thirteen can be happening, right? Which is more of a, a bond of fellowship of charity that can cause increase, even though it's not like uh, function. So the truth is that submission is a bit. There are different sides to it, right? Um, there is this the side that is more. Um, there's a side that is more almost that is almost more structured in a way, uh, which is for the purpose of value, also, but also has a very strong functional component to it, like where you are serving, for example, how you are serving. Which, of course, you can't separate where you are serving from your particular giftings and your particular peculiar. Uh, graces and all of that. There's that aspect of fellowship, but there are other aspects where the Lord will just put brethren around you who can add value to you and who you can add value to them, not in some kind of a structured way, but that all those things are also um they are also part of of submission. So I don't know if I answered your question. Um what I don't know is yes, or, okay, okay. I want, to, I want to believe what you're asking me is not whether can you leave your pastor and then just just see one more <laughs> well, so much life in him and just want to say this one <laughs> uh, let me submit to you instead <laughs> no, 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 because that would be problematic because that will dismiss many other aspects uh -huh, of it because there's a the functional aspect there's almost like a chain to it you know, you have a pastor, only a pastor, like Paul was teaching Timothy, only a pastor, you have deacons, you have bishops, right? You have all of those people there. Then you have people with different giftings, and there are many things um, that are... So, so you know, in summary, you can't just take your life and just go and submit to maybe somebody solely based on because you feel they have caused life in them, something that... Um, your positioning 
must there must be a holistic, rounded sense to it, so that nothing about your life will suffer. Um, so that's the that's the wisdom about it. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to your your second question quickly, you. Um, you are asking about wisdom. So different between wisdom, revelation, counsel. So I think we talked about wisdom for some time here in Ottawa. And um, I think part of the insight we've been seeing is almost um, differentiating first between two, two, two kinds of wisdom. Um, two kinds, two expressions, two different forms of wisdom, which you see, which you see in the Bible. Right. Um, the first one, which is where we saw it, I think if we if you go back to not just this last message, but if we go back to uh, there are two messages on wisdom. I think this from the previous Saturday before this one and the one before also teaching about uh, along the same lines um and it's took uh, there's almost a contrast between first the wisdom that's that is operated through reaching there's that's one kind of wisdom in the bible then there's a wisdom which is not operated which is not for the first one which is operated through preaching is for the end is for to um is for to bring about um understanding right is is really to deliver knowledge to the soul that's the first one the first type of wisdom for delivery of knowledge then we now see another type of wisdom um and to summarize it this way we have to see the bible many aspects of the bible to bring it together because there's a way one can get confused with these things but i'll explain the second one is not wisdom of um receiving knowledge but this is more of the wisdom of of appreciating of growing the wisdom of increasing in life all right wisdom of how to grow how to increase in life all right um, which is the second aspect. Now, when you're asking between wisdom, revelation, counsel, if you go, if we study the spirit of the Lord, everything about these two wisdoms you'll find in this in the study of the spirit of the Lord. Um, from Isaiah 11, um, there's although there's a way it's written, you might not see it, but when you begin to line it up with other scriptures that have to do with development in the Bible, you will see it very clearly. So, Isaiah 11, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? And of the Lord shall rest upon him, sorry. And then the Spirit, so first of all, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, right? So, this Spirit of wisdom and understanding here, like I said, this is the first wisdom which is for to bring um what you call knowledge right the um to bring a kind of knowledge as understanding is a type of knowledge 
right, is the um, wisdom here. Wisdom, think of wisdom as the an ability of of the, the spirit. This first wisdom, ability of the spirit on how to bring in understanding from the realm where it is, which is a realm beyond your natural thinking. Right? So oftentimes when preaching is going on, you see this wisdom in operation, right? Where there is darkness concerning the matter, the spirit of wisdom is that which is able to, when the, the preacher is preaching, often he has that spirit with him. He's able to use the spirit of wisdom to fetch some understanding. And then the person who is listening will need to have that spirit in them. And that's what Paul began to pray about for the Ephesian church. He will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom, and understand and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you see that word, in the knowledge. This is to tell you that this spirit of wisdom and revelation, revelation here is understanding in Isaiah 11. That this spirit of wisdom and revelation is in the knowledge. It means that it will, its purpose is to bring a knowledge. It's actually to, 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 to cause knowledge to enter inside the person. That is what wisdom. Wisdom is that... Is that um, wisdom is the is the what's the word? Is that is that spirit that that can that can weave its way through limitations to make understanding come that which is beyond your reach? It will bring it fresh knowledge, and, and often this is the a spirit you find expressed during preaching time. Now, counsel, when you say counsel, the spirit of counsel is another type of, the, of, his, of a wisdom spirit. Like all of these spirits here are, they are, they are wisdom spirits. Right. It's when they say no wisdom and understanding, wisdom, of course, counsel is also a type of wisdom spirit. Knowledge is also another type of wisdom, of wisdom spirit. Um, but when we are differentiating between the wisdom, we're talking about what, what is the wisdom trying to do, right? The difference is difference between a wisdom that's trying to give you knowledge and a wisdom that is trying to to establish stature within your person. Stature, you can you can call it lines, right? You can call it spirit. That that is to that abuse nature. Right, so you can have the knowledge, but you you have not yet become that knowledge. So wisdom doesn't end. There's wisdom we have to operate through preaching to bring the knowledge to you, right? So the wisdom that has to do with establishing that thing that you've known to make it become a stature to to you, 
that's the one that's called, they call it counsel here, but it's also wisdom. Two. Why is it, I call it wisdom? Because it is wisdom in order, it's also rendered wisdom in other aspects of the Bible. All right. When it comes to talking talking about increasing, and when God Jesus grew in wisdom, right, and then grew in wisdom, and he grew in stature, right. So there is um, counsel. Every counsel um, comes from a is a wisdom frame. So, um, you've known something, you've known different things, right? But out of these different things, you know, um, what is the right thing to do? That one is a wisdom. But that wisdom, they call it counsel here, right? Counsel, because might is when it's time to build, right? The time when you're building a house. You, have, you bring in the material. Materials are understanding, knowledge, type of knowledge that comes into your heart. Then when it's time to now take those materials, which are building blocks, to now begin to lay them one upon another, it has to be built according to pattern, according to the schematic, according to the blueprint. That blueprint is also a kind of wisdom spirit that, that operates... Um, also operates that um, the building, setting the building blocks in the right place. This is the right block that should come upon this block. And out of all the materials on ground in the side, what material should, should be put here now? That one is, you, the wisdom has brought all the materials, but now in raising the house, that's where counsel comes in. It's another type of wisdom, right? Then when council has been built, council and might is doing building is for knowledge. Knowledge is also wisdom. Right? Knowledge is the wisdom of of of, of stature, right? That internal wisdom. Right. So there's there's wisdom that talks to you, which is the spirit of God. That will be talking to you on this is what you need to do to develop love nature. Let's say your charity, do this now or do it in this way, doing this in this way, acting this way. In this kind of situation, do do this instead of that. That's counsel, which is a type of wisdom. When you are acting in that way, you are being wise. You are yielding to also a wisdom spirit. Then you now find out that let's say you've done that into a point where it's become a nature in you. That nature in you that has acquired that way uh, is a type of stature also on the inside of you. And, and that stature is a stature of wisdom too on the inside, which is wisdom can be operating, but it's not operating to for the purpose of building now is operating for living. Um, so when you say, ah, this is a wise person, you're not talking about just the spirit of the wisdom as the spirit of the Lord talking to them and the yielding. They're talking about 
who they are on the inside is a wise, they have they have wisdom for life. Mm-hmm. So um, these are different aspects of it. Um, we've seen, we divide it as two, but if you think about it, it's almost like three. Um, because when we talked about it, it's all about this, the wisdom which the Spirit is bringing, the wisdom of the Lord, both the first wisdom of preaching and the wisdom of building, which is counsel, they are both coming from a person. And that person is the person of the Lord. And in the Lord, he doesn't have it as an external spirit talking to him. He has it as who he is. And the reason for that is if you are able to come into his stature, the way he is wise in himself, you also will come into a wisdom as well in yourself as a uh, as a statue. I can go on and on, but I just hope I've been able to say something. I don't want to spend too much time here, but uh, there is... Um, yes, yeah, this is this is so helpful. Thank you so much, okay. sir. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So, sorry, the Bible, there's a way the Bible is. I'm so sorry. I wish there's a way that the Bible does enumerate everything, but the Bible you have to, is to give us exercise so that uh, we... Um, praise God. But if you are able to, you will see every, what I'm saying is true. Mm. Everything, everything I'm saying is true. That wisdom. Yes, sir. That, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. Um, so very quickly, um, because of time, let's just go to, um, let's read um, that First Timothy chapter Sorry, that's the first Timothy. No, uh, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Um, I think that's where we're reading. Uh, Jesus was teaching about the. Um, this was teaching about. Praise God. Let's see verse. Verse forty-two. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 38, uh, verse 42, sorry. It says, and whosoever shall offend one of these little things. So um, what I'm seeing here, and I think our sister also raised this thought, um, and um, it also aligns with some of the things we began to talk about last time. And I think we can just round them up uh, just to give more clarity, more insight about things. And it's about the the... The, the attacks against fellowship, like what the enemy the, is, a, is a design. Satan has a whole economy of works, activities, wisdoms, entities, spirits. He has a whole giant department of, you know, of craft that is just designed. Is a, is a specialty. Is a special department of of hell, of of darkness that's just that's designed against every wisdom of fellowship that God has developed for his people. Satan has, they have their own operations. They have their own way of operating to break down those things, to fight those things. And in any Christian or church community where you see a church is forming or a fellowship is forming, Anything like that, you will find, you will begin to see this, all these weapons of attack, all these things will begin to, it's, it's inevitable. And 
It is the same pattern. Go anywhere, go to any church, go to any place where God is doing something, where the Lord has set up, prepared a table, right? He said he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You cannot have table of communion without enemies around. There's a law in the spirit. Those beings are there. They are there waiting as an organization in the spirit against any establishment of communion. So when you go, that's why when you visit, you find in our areas, almost every church is the same in terms of the kind of problems church people have. It's all the same. It's the same. You notice what that when you move to a, a church community or a fellowship or whatever, and you see challenges, you always feel like, ah, I've seen this before. <laughs> you you actually can literally recognize the spirits that fight church, that fight fellowship, that fight communion, that find common that that common communion and that um that the spirit of of the church or the spirit of of communion and spirit of fellowship, there's a, a there are peculiar spirit and designs of darkness to fight them, and they always operate in the same way. So it's very key, and that's why I'm taking time. And I've already done this with any chapter before, where I'm taking like almost the third week now to just you know after going through the class to to establish something because this we've hit this one is a very key key subject. Because this, this is a major ground of attack. And if God's people are not fortified with all these wisdoms, um, we'll fall, we'll fall prey. You know, a, a lot of people fall prey to all some of these things, and these things waste lives, it wastes destinies. It wastes you see somebody, wow, it will be tell you a story. Well, I remember back then. I was part of so-and-so move of God. I was part of this. God was doing this and that. Ah, what happened now? When they, they now begin to open story, what are the things that happened? How did they? How were they cut off? How did they go? How did you ask for that? It's the same thing, the same kind of spirit of the enemy that he knows how to break people away, how to cut people off and to render people ineffective um, because he knows that God is limited to the to the church concept, to the church design, to the body design, that if you break that thing, you've stopped God. God will not move, will not be able to get his life across um, if um, such things are there. So the reason why for emphasis for, of, for on this subject is so that nobody, and this might be the prayer of my heart, that nobody will fall prey to the enemy Right, you know, and that's what Jesus was praying. He said that um, at the um, in that John seventeen, he was reporting back to God. He said, "Of all that you have given me, right?" He said, "I have kept all of them." Right? He said, "It was just an except that son of perdition, that one. No, that one was a special case." But he said, "Of the others, he was giving a report back to God that I have kept them, that they were not able to, that they didn't, they didn't break out." of you know what um of the place of communion and the place of fellowship praise, praise god um so just to um tonight just to give some more wisdom um concerning this and this is just to see the thoughts of the lord about it so he's saying here that um on verse 42 he says whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth in that believe in me it is better for him that a millstone be hanged about his neck and 
um, you were cast into the sea. Now, the Lord Jesus, what this is, these are, there are few times that the Lord speaks like this. Right? There's another place where he would talk about, spoke about someone that is better that you were not born or something like that. But this is one of the things that the Lord is saying. So whoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me. So he's talking about a sin against offending belief or offending um, someone or raising offense um, or being an instrument of offense against in any member where faith, where belief is thriving, right? Where um, belief is growing, if one renders himself as an instrument of offense in because these little ones that believe in me, in those who are who are having little faith, where, where faith is beginning to sprout and faith is beginning to to arise, right? Some 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 someone or a person can render themselves as an instrument of offense to offend you. And the Lord Jesus is saying that if you are if you do that that it's better for that a person that a millstone were hanged about his neck. And this is the word of Jesus. And were, were cast into the sea. Um, that pretty much is better that you die. That's what Jesus is saying. Right? And um, so this, Jesus is teaching, what he's teaching here is, Jesus is teaching the wisdom, the severity of and the danger of offense, the danger, the severity. And, and so what I realize is that in, in the body of Christ, it seems as if Christians, we play with the most dangerous things. <laughs> and it, the things that are not that dangerous, we, we you know, the th- that the things we put our energy into. So you can see a Christian who is playing in this zone, who it wakes up, sleeps and wakes up with offense. And it's who has a chair of offense in their dining table. Who of who eats and who plays around with offense. It's nothing to them. Offense is a normal member of the household. But you can see such a Christian who wakes up in the night to bind the devil. But devil, I bind you, I cast you. Every household enemy. You know, you can pray against household enemy. <laughs> so that will tell you how much what Satan has done. That um um and a Christian will, will have energy to go after things that are less important, but the things that are really danger signs, huge danger, deadly, wicked seeds of Satan, we can easily just be harboring them and just take it as normal. Uh, and so, but the Lord will make us, and if there's any company that is wise above these things, will go far in God. We'll go very far in God. If any company that can gain wisdom against this thing will go far. So Jesus is saying here that um so he's now beginning to speaking to speak of if thy if thy hand, so he's now going as Sister Mosin said, Sister Mosin, you are our teacher today, the Lord used you to open up the world. So we are just following the, the 
um, we're just following the spirit that the Lord, what the, Lord, the spirit of God quickened within you um, is that seeing all this, you know, he's mentioning and, right, hand, um, foot, eyes, so different members of the body, right? And he's saying that each of each member can, can carry an offense, right? Each member can carry an offense. And he's saying that if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire, into the fire that, ne that never shall be quenched. For their worm died not, and their fire is not quenched. Um, so what he's talking about here, you see two things, the offense, and offense having the capacity to lead into fire, right? To lead into a fire that if you, um, if one, you have offense and you don't deal with it, and when he's saying cut it off, what he's just telling you is that he's, he's talking of the kind of mind that one should have towards when offense is found within the body, the attitude towards offense, towards the body, is to, is that, is, when you say cut it off, cut it off, is talking about the extent you should be willing to go, or the amount of tolerance. This is, these are one of the things where the, the Bible gives zero tolerance for. There are some things like that, that the Bible will just give you this one, zero tolerance, because this is a deadly coronavirus of the spirit. This one is not something that you, you joke with, right? Um, you, you don't give room at all. To it because the purpose of offense is to is to move you the soul into an unquenchable fire that's what he's saying that it is better for the for the for it to enter into life maimed so it's two things here offense block entrance into life because he's saying that because if you interpret what Jesus is saying that if you keep it it can stop your entering into life. So rather cut it up so you can enter life mean is better. Because if you keep it, it will, it will make you go into hell. When, when we talk of hell, 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 think of hell as a, a kind of prison. Is a, Hell is a dead prison. Prison state. Hell is a place that you can't come out of by yourself. That when you arrive there, you don't know how to come out. You are locked into a place. This is what offense does. Offense comes little in a member, but little, the purpose of that little is to render the entire 
church, the entire body, a prisoner is to move the entire person into a prison. And this thing can happen. Like what I'm saying is, I'm it's Bible language. I'm interpreting Bible of the language of Jesus. But just think about it. What I'm telling you is true. It's just how it plays out. If you, you an offense comes into you through one, a member can be a faculty of thought somewhere. Often, oftentimes, if someone gets offended at something, it's not all of you that gets offended. It's that so, someone, maybe something someone does, of, will offend something in you. Oftentimes, it's not everything they offend at once. It's something in you that gets, that it's a member that is able to touch, one thing just touches one aspect of you, that you pick that offense. What they are saying here is that that thing, if you don't deal with it, is able to move you into prison. It will able to, after some time, it will take your whole member, your whole, but your whole soul, into a kind of prison where you become a captive of that fire. That fire is a destructive fire that will render that renders a person on non-viable non concerning life. Right? It, it will incapacitate, decapacitate the fellow that you won't be able to carry out function. Life, and which is what the function for the body is for the flow of life, right? God wants every vessel, every person to be an entity that can participate in life communion, right? In the common communion of life. Um, but when there is right offense, um, then you'll find that um, it has the potency to, to break that thing. Um, this thing about offense is dangerous because one of the, the stronghold offense are reasons, excuses, right? Now, to explain what, what does Jesus mean by cut it off? Cut it off. Huh. I, but no, but I need this finger for eating. Cut it off. Oh no, but I need this for this. Cut it off. This cutting off is when it comes to when you when you are what they say that when you are when you find yourself offended, like a member of you has picked an offense, is that what the Lord is saying is that there is no excuse or, re, or reason or validation that you can give to justify having an offense in you. That it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. How did the offense come? Was it legitimate? Was it not legitimate? As long as it's something of an offense in you to Jesus, say the answer is cut it off. You cut it off. It's not a time. It has nothing to do with is it justified or is it not justified? You know, what this person did was it was it really wrong or not? And this is where we get into problems. Right, we try to we try to judge, um, and it doesn't mean there is no reason, there is no place for judgment. Um, but when offense is around, it's not the time to begin to judge right or wrong. The truth is that if you try to judge right or wrong in an offended state, you can't even, <laughs> you don't even have the capacity to do that because of the 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 um, the 
of the offense, um, offense blinds judgment too, right? So the so what I'm saying that offense is an emergency. Like anytime you uh, offense is is noticed within in a member, that is a nine one one scenario. It's not a scenario of let's see, let's wait, let me try. I won't talk to her. I'll just keep my distance. I won't do this. I'll just do that. I'll just you know. Ah, I didn't mean. I just this person is always offending. You know. Uh, why? Why can't they change? Why can't they do? You know those kind of things. But ah, I wasn't really. I did all my best. You know to walk in love, but they keep no. They are all man of legitimacy. Offense stands with legitimate legitimacy that the person. Being offended, when it comes down to it, you will have really, really reasons. But what Jesus is saying is that your, when it comes to carrying offense, your none of your reason is good enough. Right? That no reason is good enough. And the reason, and why is this the law? Why is it the law? Why isn't it the law of retribution? You know, Jesus, you know, they came to Jesus and then they told Jesus that. Jesus was saying that Moses told you an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye, is it a tooth for a tooth or whatever? It means if somebody blinds your eye, blind back. If anybody does, is do that. No, no, Old Testament law. Um, it means that for you to have an eye for an eye, it means that if, if, if someone takes your eye, you will record that offense against you. So you can do a retribution back. And there's that law in the Old Testament. But when Jesus Christ said that, he began to teach a different thing altogether, that in this New Testament thing, this body principle, we don't operate by that law. The law is that if someone slaps you on one side, you don't, it's not a time to gather the, the elders or to gather a panel to see why did he slap and what was the reason and to try to judge the matter that that's not the, the attitude. So the attitude is that what that slap can do to you is more dangerous for you. That you need to deal with your problem. Once someone has offended you, don't think about that person. You need to move into a 911 state inside yourself. That's something that just entered inside you that can take you to hell. To that hell is not just going to hellfire. Hell, I can explain to you something has entered you that if you don't deal with it can bring you into a prison where you are locked up and you won't be able to get out and can shut down life flow of life so oftentimes when someone does something to you and you feel that offense forget about the person you are in a state of danger you need to quickly deal with your heart and your response and in dealing with that in that spirit jesus said in that instant the best thing you can do forget about the person turn your other side if he slaps the right, give him the left to slap. Right? There's a way he put it. He said, if someone takes your cloak, pull everything and give to them. You get what? Those are, you wonder what kind of thing is this? Why is Jesus bringing all the, the you know, language? Matthew chapter 5 says, if any man sued thee at the law and take away thy coat, means they bring like a kind of um, accusation against you. Right? It means that what at the law means that they found a way to do it, right? And that they take away thy coat. Then he said, let him have thy cloak also. Means don't don't strive with anything. Let's, let's go back to the one about when he said, if he slap you, slaps you on one side. So but I said to you that 
you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right side, turn to him the other also. What it means that you don't take offense. You have um, you have to protect, think first about your own soul. Verse 40, sorry, and or let's go 41, let's see. And then whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, what do, do what? Go with him to him. That is, go with him two miles. Now, what Jesus is teaching is these are the, the principles of fellowship. These are these are hard. Where brethren are armed with this kind of attitude, you lock up the community. Satan, the devil will not find an inroad. He won't find, you know. There's a way the world has taught us is a train of the world. The world will make you feel like what will make everybody happy and peaceful is let's bring a system where nobody will be cheated. So that so everybody watch your own. If someone is cheating you, you have a place to go to report it. Right? And so they can judge the matter and then let everything happen equitably and no one be cheated. You see, that is the law of the world. It's part of the rudiment of this world which Satan has brought to the earth. But, you can, but when it comes to Christian community, our New Testament community does not operate by that law. New Testament of, of, of community operates by the law of willingness to be cheated. That is what Jesus is teaching here. This is like the, the basic, is a principle of fellowship. In the body, imagine the pinky, the finger, now arguing, why is the brain getting more oxygen supply than me right or jesus spoke about parts of your body some parts are the more some unseemly parts right that it seems as if they have less glory but are doing some major works in the body right imagine your maybe your kidney that is you know charged with the major or job of removing waste from the body filtering your blood constantly filtering the blood taking away all the bad things on the body. And it's, it's there, but imagine the kidney just complaining and getting offended. Why is he offended? I've been here since. How, how many years have you been alive? Filtering your blood every day. You have not put one single makeup on me. You've not snapped me one picture. Nobody knows me. Nobody has seen me. Nobody has ever even known there's a kidney here. But just this face that's doing nothing, you're just... <laughs> The kidney can get angry with the with the skin and say, well, fine, every time you are buying cloth, have you ever gone to the store and thought about your kidney before? When you go, you're always thinking of your your, your shoe, your feet. Feet are not really doing too much. You wear a nice shoe, wear a nice hat. What about me? Dean, what sanctuary? You know, it's the, what are the parts of the body that are doing the most things. You don't even think about them. They don't get any applause. They don't, in fact, we even sin against them. The liver, that's the one that deals with all you are eating too much, all the fats, all the different things you are eating. It's the liver that's suffering. It has to be working over time to, to break down all those things, but it doesn't cry. It's doing that job inwardly, in the secret, without even knowing. You won't even know there's anything called liver until maybe the liver gets is weak and unable. That's when you know that it's a major part of the body. So that's when you study the body, you now realize the principles of fellowship. That um, you have to be willing. In a way, you can feel like those inward sanctuaries of the body. You can feel like they are cheated. They are not. You don't put nice things on them. You don't 
make put makeup. You don't you don't you don't imagine your your kidney has never taken a bath one day. But your outward, your skin, you shower every time, the outward side looks glorious. You understand what I mean? So that's just a wisdom you need to understand. And when the Lord is in positioning us in the body, we must be armed with that mind. That kind of mind is the mind that deals with tendency of offense. Right? A lot of offense comes from, and this is what the, the root of offense is expectation. When you're having expectation from others, right? Expectation that you should do this, you should have been able to do that, or you should have acted in this way. And then when one someone falls short of that, it's possible to take in um a to get offended by that. But when the soul is armed with the willingness not just even ability, I mean willingness, willingness to be cheated, willingness to be taken advantage of, which is a law of the body. Willingness to be taken advantage of, willingness to be cheated, because you know this is the principle of life, right? And it's easy to, you know, to deal with offense and to move offense, offense very, 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 very far away. Right, and I, what I really found with offended people is that it's just that there's just usually missing the point completely. Right, that it's not about whether you have a ground or not to be offended. It has nothing to do with that. It's that um, you um, there has to be a consciousness that of the danger of offense. Let's just see a few other a few other scripture. Amen. Um, the uh, in the book of in the book of Philippians, chapter one, uh, verse ten. Philippians 1. And he says, okay, that's from verse 9, right? He said that, um, Um, it says, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more, right, in knowledge and in all judgment, <clears throat> that ye may approve things that are excellent. Then that, there's a semicolon there explaining what is, what does it mean by approving things that are excellent or doing things in an excellent way, choosing an excellent path is, is that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Right? So, you may be sincere 
without offense to the day of Christ. Semicolon, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So you see that being fruitful and being sincere and without offense is key to being filled with the fruits of righteousness. By being filled with the fruit of righteousness means you will you will your your soul will be able to bear fruit. The, the ground of your heart will be healthy. That sincerity and without offense uh, means that offense has something that spoils the heart, that stops the heart from fruit bearing. It's, it's not possible to be offended and be fruitful at the same time. Uh, you, why? Because offense brings the person into a season of or that thing is into a kind of prison, a prison yard where life cannot appreciate, where life is to make one's talk in a place um, without being able to bear, bear fruit. Um, this connection between you know, offense and fruitfulness um, was taught by Jesus. Um, Jesus taught it in the parable of the sower when he was teaching if you go to the book of mark quickly as because of time let's um mark chapter is it chapter four you know mark chapter four i think let's see when he was explaining the um the seed that fell on stony ground. Mm -hmm. Verse 16. Mark 4, verse 16. Right? You see that it says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, right? And have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. And then afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the world's sake, what happened immediately? They are offended. All right. Um, so you see that this thing called stone, stone, stony ground. You see. So the explanation of stone are. Uh, Stone in the heart is not persecution, and on our stone is offense. That's just the summary of this thing here. If you read it well, that what when you say stony ground, that stone, what is what constitutes a stone in the heart of a person is offense. When you have an offense in the heart, right, it is a stone that takes the place, the space where the seed that has been grown ought to flourish. If we go up um, where he first of all mentioned the stony ground, let's see, verse 5, um, verse 5 says, And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up. So you can, it's clear, you can see, what offense in the heart is. Every time you, you pick an offense, you get offended. You just 
allowed Satan to excavate some of your earth from your soul and put a stone there. Like you, earth is the normal material of soul. In that earth, part of your heart that should be able to, to handle a seed and cause life to flow. Jesus called it to entering into life, right? It's because of that earth has things in it. Your heart should be earth. It shouldn't be a stone. When a person gets offended, you, not, you start feeling stony in your heart. You, you, can, you can feel stony towards your brother. You can feel stony towards your sister. You can feel stony towards your pastor, towards your pastor, towards anybody. There's no offense, has no limit. Offense is a DNA of Satan. He doesn't have respect. He doesn't have regard. He doesn't have rules. He doesn't have... When, when you see a person offended behaving and talking, speaking, the person who is, offend, who is offended can speak evil of things that they once praised, of things that they once held dear, of something that they once held close, right? Of an offended person. I will tell you, offense is not ordinary. It's a, it's a satanic nature. Offense can make someone's heart just turn concerning somebody. Just it will just change. You just feel differently about it. But you begin to someone who you have praised before, you can begin to speak evil against them, begin to find fault in them, begin to say things about them. That is a stony nature of the heart. Offense is a stone. So he says that, um, and some fell on stony ground, right, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and it, it was scorched because it had no, no root, it withered away. So when you see what they call the sun here, when you tie it with the verse later, when Jesus was explaining what it means, he says that oh, when they have heard the word, verse 16, immediately receive it with gladness and have, it has, it's not able to find root in themselves. So you will find this thing happens. Just everything I'm saying today to you, if you are sincere, it's not, should not be strange to you. As I'm talking to you, you should be able to see some things either in your life, in the community, that these things that Jesus said plays out exactly the way he says it. That these are these are things that will be wise against them. Right? You find that um this that verse 16 again. Sorry, which are sown on stony ground, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it in gladness. So you find that when one is having offense, because offense takes up space in the heart, you find out that you can be offended and you pick an offense, you are refusing to let it go. It can be against it can even be against the pastor who is talking to you, who is preaching to you. And then you you can sit down listening to that fellow and sit and I'm saying this pastor thing because it's very important. I must say it. I must say it for all because the number one person the devil wants you to get offended at is your pastor. That's the number one person. If you can get offended at your pastor, ah, 70% of the work has been done because it's an offense against the sower of the seed. It's against, you have helped Satan greatly, greatly. You have advanced his work in your life. Is 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 will for you. You have you have done. You would have done a lot to help him to do that. And the devil will never run out of 
reasons for you to get offended as he who sows the word to you or he who is your pastor. Many, and there are many reasons. Why why is it easier to get offended at your pastor than your brethren? It's because your pastor is an, is an assault rifle against your things, against the things that you hold there. He's coming, he comes directly, right, against the um the all the, the things that we love. So imagine somebody being anointed to fight what you love. It means that you must be another kind of fellow and be armed with certain things to be able to, to stay in such a relationship without being offended. Oftentimes, Jesus would talk, he would talk to a point and begin to ask the disciples, are you offended at me? You begin to beg them, please don't get offended. Don't get offended. He said, blessed is he that has not offended at me. He was asking them, please don't be offended at me because the things I'm saying can have a high chance of offending you. You know, you know when they got offended, he was talking about eating his flesh, all of those things, drinking his blood. Um, you know, what, what Peter, what they said, they didn't say, Lord, we are not offended, we love you. All they just said is that, well, <laughs> who shall we go to? Only you have the word. So who knows, maybe they are dealing with things in their hearts, but they just know that there's nobody else to go to. Amen. But, and that's just a joke. But um, the point I'm making is that, um, I mean, if Jesus can offend his, his disciple, his follower, your pastor can offend you. Right, and that offense, those offense, um, like I said, um, is a lot of times it has to do with things in us that are offendable. Right, things like uh, one thing you must keep in mind is that every time you are offended, know that it's not the Jesus in you that's offended. Is not the Christ. It's not your. It's not the righteousness in you. It is the. It's often the things that need to go, that get offended. It's either your pride has offended, or your lust has offended, or some kind of expectation that is offended, right? And all of those things. Um, praise God. So, um, he's saying that when he sows the seed, so he said that the the word entered, and this is the danger of offense: is that when offense stays in the heart one can still be able to receive the word with gladness. This is the deceptive part of it. You can receive it with gladness. That's verse 16. They likewise, which are sown in stony ground, and when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root. But you see, what will be lacking is root. Because for it, for the word to find, have root in the heart, in need, the heart must be in a kind of state that is pure. Uh, Jesus called it in the last place we read, a, a heart that is sincere and without offense. That that kind of a heart is what will, he said that, that you may approve things that are excellent, right? That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. That's Philippians 1 verse 9. Being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and the praise of God. Amen. Praise God. Um, so um, now, but this ties into um, something. I, I want to talk about that thing they call the sun here. You know, if you if you go to verse five, it says some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately sprang up 
because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. So there's something that this sun, this sun thing plays a role. In other words, there's, there's offense in the heart or, or sorry, what and what makes offense manifest is something called the sun here. What they call the sun, Jesus described it in verse 16 as, we go down to verse 16, he says, um, he says, they are like well, son on the stony ground who have inherited the word immediately received with the gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. So this affliction and persecution is what he calls the son earlier when he mentioned it the first time. Right? That son is the scorching of affliction or, or persecution, which is for the word's sake. For the world's sake. Now, there is key, there's a wisdom here for one to discern the, the, the kind of affliction or persecution that is arising for the world's sake and just the kind of maybe difficulty, sufferings. Right, which can, you know, there are some suffering which one can have in life that's not for, it's not brought about, it's not triggered because of the word, right? But rather it's triggered by other things. Like if one, for example, is lazy, if you are lazy, chances are high you might suffer, right? If you are a lazy person, if you are a slothful person, um, if you are not diligent, if you are not faithful with things, feel faithful with little, all of those things which Jesus also taught, right? Where you are not diligent in your things, in your business, uh, maybe at your workplace, right? Or some things, then suffering can come. Now, if someone is suffering because you you had a job, they said you should come to job to work at, work starts at 8.30, you always show up at 9, every, almost every day. After some time, they have got tired and sat you and you no longer have a job. That is not the suffering of Christ. Um, that one, you you brought that one on yourself, and you need to go and repent about it, right, and change. So you're seeing that there are aspects of life where some things, suffering can be brought about by our own thing. And apart from that, there are also sufferings that are brought about by and persecutions that are brought about by the devil. So this might not even be your own, maybe you're being lazy or negligent in some way, but the devil, because he's an afflictor, he has devils, he has demons. Sometimes they can make you sick. Sometimes a, de a devil can stop something, maybe money from coming to you. It's just because they just hate you. <laughs> they want to make you suffer. So sometimes the devil can do that. And, and that might not be for something that is a season which the Lord is permitting right because of the word or to to try the word right those kind of season there's a way that um there's a wisdom of discerning between those um different kind of season one thing is that whenever you're going through any kind of other persecution affliction um 
suffering, I think this brings brings us to what Tolu kind of question Tolu was asking. When you are going through a difficult a season of difficulty, maybe a kind of persecution or suffering or something, necessity, um you have to pray about it. That's the first thing you do, is you have to you have to pray first because you have to understand it, what is happening. What happens oftentimes is that Christians just jump into something that they feel one way or the other. Some Christians can just jump into the conclusion, ah, this is the devil, right? Binding, casting, walking, horroring, helter skelter to remedy that situation, right? Or looking for solution. And it can be, this persecution can be in different things. Sufferings can be different. Some suffering is material, money, your job, your different things. Some sufferings are immaterial, but can be more difficult it can be a suffering can be can be people speaking evil against you accusation against you of things that you are innocent of right things that you are innocent of someone can be saying that can be a type of suffering but but you see there are all kinds of programs someone can be programmed to just react you know just try to do something um or sometimes suffering can come around and then the the reaction is can even be just acceptance. Can just be well, as long as it's something bad, it definitely must become must come from God. Why? Because of what of righteousness. So what of righteousness means we must suffer. So every suffering is welcome. All suffering welcome. That's not also the right attitude either. Because neither of those things are correct. When you are going through an adverse situation, something is happening to you in your life that you feel this is not desirable what you do and this is the following the principle of the new testament following jesus jesus gave the example when jesus was in difficult times he prayed something that was not that was not desirable happened he prayed his friend died he prayed right um when they took him to the cross to kill him that was when he prayed you know one of the most significant prayers oftentimes jesus would pray when, when things happen, right? So, um, you see, like that Lazarus situation, you remember that even though he went there and he said, Lazarus, comfort, he didn't just go and talk. He waited for some time. He don't know what he was doing in four days. In those four days, he must have prayed when he waited. And in that John chapter 10, you now saw on how many occasions, and he, and he groaned in the in his spirit. But before he got to the point where he said, Lazarus, comfort, he kept groaning in the spirit, groaning in the spirit. You see that that was he was praying on the inside. I'm sure it was to, to kind of perceive God. What is your will here? Is this is, should, should Lazarus go, or is there a reason? But you now realize it was for the glory of God. He realized that, but that must have come to him by some kind of insight in that season. The Lord telling him this guy should not die. He should be raised up. Praise God. So that's one as you see to Jesus give the example. I can go on and on. You see Paul in these times of his own tribulation. Right, praying, right? Paul and Silas in prison praying. Right? You see, um, you know, different um, um the example, the book of Acts, you see a lot of examples of that. While they, they imprisoned Peter, the, the saints, they didn't just accept it. <laughs> we are here to suffer. So <laughs> man, it's Peter's own town. Let's just let's just sing songs of uh songs to escort him to glory or something. They, they <laughs> To spiritualize it, they prayed. The saints came together. They prayed, and why praying? And the angel went, all right, and delivered. Peter came out of that. You understand what I mean? So, 
um, the key is that you must pray. It's only is in prayer, inside understanding of adverse situations come. Right, you pray until insight comes. If it is a necessity for a season that you should count all joy, right, for to work out something, a tribulation that should work out patience and all of those things. If that is the case, the law in prayers it will be made known to you. You will just see it. You just realize, no, this thing is is, is it's going to work patience here. It might stay for some time. It's okay. Something, but it, that information will come spiritually. It's not something you can ever assume. And it's, sub, it's subjective for every single situation. There are sometimes when you pray and God will say, no, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't stand. The Lord can tell you, rebuke it. There can be a sickness. The Lord will say, rebuke it. Right? Rebuke that thing. It, this should not stay. This is an affliction of the enemy that shouldn't stand at this time. Sometimes in prayer, when you pray about something, and that happens to me a lot, sometimes sometimes something's happening that's not right. I, I find myself praying about it. And then from praying about it, I just get the feeling that this thing ought not to stand. And sometimes I can sense the spirit of affliction behind something that shouldn't be there. And from prayer, I move into addressing that spirit. I can say, either leave or whatever, or in prayer, sometimes the answer might not be, it might not be a demon doing something. It might be something the enemy has done to block what God wants to do. And you need wisdom of what to do to, to open, unlock that door. In prayer, the answer to prayer is always light. That's what the, the answer to prayer is. Sometimes we are oriented to think the answer to prayer is always the miraculous. No. Oftentimes, the answer to prayer is what to do. It's insight. Right. Sometimes if God wants to change the situation, while you are praying, the Lord, an insight will come. Do this now. Do it this way. And it will go. Sometimes the insight is that this is to rot a kind of dealing for you, a change in your soul. So that thing must work patience. It must be able to have a season to And so sometimes while in prayer, what you now begin to find is the release of grace into your heart to endure that situation, to endure that suffering or, or whatever it is. Right. So um, now one of the importance of addressing these things prayerfully is because if adverse situation comes, like I said, it could be material or anything like that, but it could also be something that somebody, persecution of some sort coming from individuals. And oftentimes, um, both the one coming from people the one coming from spirit circumstances, oftentimes the, 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 end, the end goal of every kind of affliction or persecution, right, is to cause offense. It's at the end of it, it's for the breaking of fellowship. It's to break the fellowship. Satan can use hardship to break fellowship, suffering, right? After some time, offense can will set in, right? If that thing is not handled spiritually, it was not handled well, properly, the end oftentimes, or this thing calls the operation of the sun, when or scorching season, where the soul begins to get scorched by something, um, an adverse situation, right? If it's not handled carefully, Right, he said. If I read it again, that 
and have no root in themselves, and so endure but a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the world's sake, immediately they are offended. You see that? So that this thing called offense, there are many things. That's why you must watch your heart. The rule is that anytime something undesirable is happening to you, either through somebody else, can be through your, your best friend, it can be through, you know, somebody you don't know, but something that has an adverse effect on you, an undesirable effect on you is happening to you, you must be able to connect and know that oftentimes the end of that thing is to sow a seed of offense. And the purpose of offense is for the breaking of fellowship. And I've already explained the process of breaking fellowship. First of all, in the heart, conversion of your members will get offended. After some time, it won't be okay. You will now begin to vibrate among the company. You begin to release signals. You begin to do all manner of things, right? And these are all things that we've seen practically occur in one way or the other. This seed of offense creeps in, and then you see it begins to grow and grow. And offense grows where there's no wisdom. There's no sufficient wisdom to put out the fire, to cut it off, like Jesus said, cut it off. There has to be power. There has to be grace. There has to be strength, right, in, in the vessel. Um, one of the things that we all must, we must increase in, right, is um, we must all increase in that um in that uh, our ability to our resilience against um against resilience against being offended everyone must increase it and some people are so weak concerning it some people are stronger but we need to even do more in being strong Someone who is very weak with offense, you know, is it ma it can it manifest how weak you are, you find it it can manifest easily in your in your in your inability to be corrected. Um correction. When I say correction, <laughs> correction happens different ways. Like when we talk about sometimes when you go through a persecution of some sort or an affliction, an affliction can come, but that affliction is for the purpose of some type of correction. Like the Lord wants to correct something in the heart. So it can be trust. Sometimes because you see, say tribulation work at patience, patience will now work character. That character, the formation of character is by the correction of things within. That are not that are not right. So the Lord can use circumstances to create that. Sometimes the Lord will just simply just use people, just people that will just come to you, just walk up to you and just tell you, this thing is not right. Don't do this. At every time of being corrected, there is a chance of offense. That's why in the book of Proverbs, he, he was saying in do not is it chapter eight or so that or do not correct a fool, right? <laughs> don't, it's actually a warning. Um, if I can read that, uh, it's no time. I just need to round up. Um, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. This I'll be done very soon. Very soon. Verse 9, yes. Verse 8, it says, Reprove not a scorner, right? Um, quickly, verse. verse 6, it said, Forsake the foolish and leave. Go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth a scorner, getteth himself to shame. Getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuked the wicked man getteth himself a blood. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will what? He will love thee. Right? So give instruction to a wise man, and he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. You see? So that, that word is corner is an is a kind of an attitude that is against being reproved. You know, and sometimes, you know, as a pastor, a pastor can you have to use wisdom because not everybody can take every instruction, right? I have situation, I have a situation where, you know, you have, you know, you, you know, maybe you know somebody for years, and in those years, you know, you love them, you are teaching them everything. But the first instance of rebuke, first instance of rebuke, right, can blow out into something. Um. Because of the weakness of the heart, the weakness of the heart, and the 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 when one is weak concerning being offended, when you have a tendency of offense, is this is difficult to take um, rebuke without um, allowing what is being said to you to become a stone in your heart. Right. And so these are the things that we are we ought to do. Um there are there is you know contriteness is a major weapon against offense. Why? Because it, how you can tell a contrite soul or, or a soul does not contrite, a soul does not contrite when you talk to them, or maybe when you are teaching them, or you are you know, someone is sent to re reprove them or rebuke them. They would that so would think of everything else except the possibility of their wrongdoing. The first thing that the person can think of can be where is this coming from? You see the attitude <laughs> when you so I'm trying to use in plain language as much as I can so we can understand. Um, because I think these are things that work in our hearts and uh, that we have to be aware of. You know, when someone the first sometimes the only how you check yourself is just check. When someone is trying to correct you of something or say something, check your first response. Sometimes the response is, first of all, where, where is this coming from? Why is he talking to me? Oh, have you been discussing about me? Have you been, who, okay, who told you about this? How do you get aware of this? Or why, why are you coming now to say this to me? What is the motive in your heart by saying this to me? Why do you, you know those questions? So sometimes the soul would think about those, all those things. Wow, for you to have said this to me, ah, oh, wow, it means you don't like me. Or it means, well, how do you, it means you don't think of me in this right way. Oh, wow, you, so you think so low of me to say this to me. Now, 
the soul can be seduced to think of all those things with before with or sometimes without thinking about the exact point of correction. That's a sign of weakness of heart. If so, if whenever you hear something that is disapproving about yourself or your conduct, your first instinct is to challenge where is it coming from. That's a weakness of attitude. That's the lack, it's lack of contriteness. It means you don't have contrition. But how you know your heart is healthy is that the moment you are seeing a correction, right, your, your heart is more interested in what wrong have I done, right? In everything you see, that's what makes you light compatible, right? It makes you, you have a single eye concerning light, concerning the truth. Which is that every time either a rebuke is coming of some sort, a situation is coming of some sort, you tend to allow it to turn on in such light on your inside first, before you begin to even you don't even you don't you don't care like if someone is rebuking you concerning something, why is their motive important? Why is where is it coming from? <laughs> Those are that's a sign of a non-contrite heart, right? The concern should be right. Is uh, Proverbs 15, verse 31. It says, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Right? There's a, that openness towards re reproof. That's those such in nature, right? Is um is compatible with life. It's like how the body, what the, what, the, what you call the immune system. You know, the Bible has an the body has an immune system. That immune system are white blood cells. Those white blood cells. Let's travel around everywhere. It's, it's a no, nosy cells. Any tiny kind of bacteria moving into the body, they can detect it. Why? Because they, they go into, they are nosy. They are nosy cells. They go into everywhere. You know, they are not, they are not concerned about your boundaries. They are concerned about the health of the body. They can, they, they can confront any member. Why are you harboring an organism that's not part of this system? And, they, and once they sight it, they begin to react. You get what I'm trying to say? So those are those are um, attitude of the heart, that nature of contrition, which we ought to have. Um, and we know that one of the things, and I'm just to close with this thought, um, you know, this thing about being offended and, and all of that, of course, I've explained why it's a major thing, weapon of, of Satan, of the enemy. Um, but is also a sign of the end time. Um, that when a sign of the end time is that the strength, the power of offense, if, if offense becomes high power weaponized in the, towards the end time, um, just because of the, the intensity of the season. You know, Jesus made um, reference to that in Matthew. I think we can just close with that because time has... I'll go on just quickly. Um, book of Matthew. Let's see, Matthew chapter 24, where you know they ask just about the signs of his coming. Let's see, when shall, shall these things be, and when will be the sign of, the, of his coming? Um, Matthew 24, let's see, um, from verse 9, quickly. Um, Matthew. Mm. 
Okay, let's just quickly read from verse 3. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and that shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that ye not, be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? wax cold. But he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Praise God. So these are the signs. There are many things that will cause offense. He spoke about many that will come saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many. So many Christs, Christs will come, deceivers, people who will come with different gospels, all manner of things, right? Different kind of, he spoke about false Christs in verse 5, then he spoke about false prophet in verse 11, right? They will they will come, and you know, these are some of the, the, the areas where Christians get offended. Sometimes offended offense where when Satan is sending false prophet, false Christ ahead of time, and oftentimes they will do it ahead of time before the truth comes, is to sow things in heart, is to sow contentions to to, to make understanding blurry, to fill tables with vomit, to do all kinds of things, so that when the gospel of the kingdom is coming, the true gospel is coming, right? The, the gospel will not just be coming to a plain heart. It will be coming to plain people. It will be coming to people who already have their notions of how God is, what the Bible is saying. They already have their interpretations of different verses of the scripture, some of them who have, that have been taught by false prophets and false Christ, who have misinterpreted things and done all kinds of things. So when the truth of the kingdom is coming, it's going to come in such a season where Jesus um, called it, the Bible calls it the, a rock of offense, right? That rock of offense means it's an offender of men because of the false things which the enemy, and that's something we have to be aware of. And this is probably one of the ultimate ones. You know, we spoke about offense among brethren, among your pastor and all of that. But there's the offense at the world itself, right? Of A lot of time, offense, sometimes someone can just get offended at nothing. It's just, I just don't like this word of righteousness thing, or this thing, I just don't like the way it is. I don't like, why is it arranged this way? Why is it, why is it demanding this way? Why is it in this format? Why must it be like, why must you talk like this? Why, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> it's really because before, you, and I realized that if you teach the Bible and sound like the Bible, you can easily get men offended. Why? Because most preachers who have been preaching to the church for a long time don't sound like the Bible. They don't, so they have other things. They have other 
borrowed things, which we have been, the church has been cultured with, and those things will increase in the last time. So that when those who 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 can be who are dogged with the truth of the scripture, right, who are who are bringing in the mind of 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 Christ and the mind of God, so that when they begin to come to to to, to bring the sculpture of the truth and of the spirit to the culture, men, it's not just going to be a plain ground. A lot of things will be on ground in the hearts of men that are not compatible with this method, this way of truth of pure scriptural, you know, doctrinal adherence to the, to, the, to the way of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit. And those things can be offensive. Do not underestimate the investment that, that living in this world has done in your heart. And do not think that you are beyond offense, right? So oftentimes, as the world is increasing, the oracle is graduating, the more tendency for offense can increase. Like the book of he saw in the book of Hebrews, warning them not to have an evil heart of unbelief, not to depart, not to become dull of hearing. All of those things was because of a change of season of oracle, right? I began to meet hearts in place where the, uh, compatibility with that dimension of God that wasn't found in the heart. So these are things. And then the sign of this offense is that, uh, and this is what you will see often. And in, if you read from, Verse 8, verse 9 says that, and these are the beginning of sorrow. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you, right? They shall deliver you. But that killing physically, and there are, there are people who suffer this in different parts of the world, right? Where you are, if you teach the Bible, you can get killed. But sometimes, maybe in this developed world, it might not be physical killing, at least not yet. But there's a way you can be killed. Your, your person can be murdered. Your your person, you can be, you know, you can kill somebody while they are still alive. In other words, you render them, you destroy. They, they call it character assassination, <laughs> where some someone in authority of some power can just deem you a devil and talk about you as a devil just because of the gospel, the sorrow of the gospel. So these are the kind of persecutions that the Bible says that he who will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. This is, is a law in, in the on the earth. So, but these saints must be fortified in against the kind of affliction that the, your, your gospel will bring. You must be aware of it, you must expect it, and you must your heart must be fortified and strong to resist the offenses that can be generated by the enemy because of a hostility. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 17, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because of it, right? It's a, it's a standard thing. So but what you'll find here, and this is very interesting, what Jesus began to teach about, you know, Jesus was just talking about the end time. He said, and what happened oftentimes is that when there's this attack coming externally to people who are key holders of the faith, holders of the truth of God's word in such a perverse time, that when such an ex external affliction is coming, and they are hated, in verse 9, of all nations for his name. You know, the response some will not be going out to fight those people. Oftentimes, the effect of that, you begin to find it among the company, within. So you'll find that sometimes when the heat is turned on on the outside, everybody is talking against us. You know, they are saying, oh, we are heretics, we are this, we are that. This is what Jesus is talking about, right? Sometimes... Souls who are weak, who can't bear such things, can now begin to 
on in offense against their own. He said, and then many shall be offended. All they do begin to betray one another and hate one another. You see that. So these are things that we must be careful. So, so in other words, the heart must also, in order to keep fellowship, in order to maintain fellowship, to be strong, to have fellowship in the spirit, fellowship in the place of communion. I mean, first of all, within your own heart, within your own members, a communion of life, flourishing of the word of God, and also fellowship within the company among one another, among the brethren. In order to keep those healthy, this is a major aspect, is that you must be sensitive to the kind of offenses that, that should come because of hatred, spirits of hatred that rise against the type of word, the, the word of the truth and the word of the kingdom. And I know that if the Lord, if we take heed to these things, um, that the Lord will, the Lord will help every heart. The Lord will, the Lord will keep, the Lord will keep every heart. The Lord will keep every heart. The Lord will help everybody, everybody, that no one will fall a prey to Satan. The devil is a real devil, and he's a bad devil, and he's nobody's friend. Um, he's no, he's no, he's nobody's friend. Um, the grace will be given to everyone not to take sides with the enemy, or rather to take sides with the Lord, to constantly um, live, you know, with just the, um, to, to, to just see the vision always, to never lose sight of the vision and what the Lord wants to wrought in us. The, the resilience, the strength of what it means to be in a body, the power of being a member. There's the there's strength of a member. There's the wisdom of a member, the resilience of a member in the body. means that imagine being in a body where a body that's not yet perfect, where there are weaknesses, where there are still struggles, where there are still some members can be weak and feeble and sickly. But, but when there is the... The, the, the wisdom of fellowship is strong and is kept. Satan can do nothing against such that you find that the body will begin to go from strength to strength with each member receiving life, being nourished, being increased. And that's the vision of our father, the great shepherd of the sheep. And he will keep every one of us in that way. Um, time is fast spent. So, um, father, we thank you. Mara nosis, Bahara nosi, Mana makama comri on the Maramahora in the Melamora, Ofen a my candy making a making a motor, Mantle seer, Frast of seeing, Mamara and a Mara nosti, Eshevenamosia, Makinofas a sucre and a haunting breast upon. Thank you, Jesus. So just quickly, I'm just reading through the, I'm so sorry, please, just, please, just forgive me, okay. I just I just read um, someone asking 
question. I think Sister Phil about um so about converting bad members. So um is that you want to convert a member. When you say converting a member, um I'm not sure I fully Sorry, Fever, what's your question? Quickly, just in 15 seconds, can you summarize it? Um, so it's basically yeah. like just, yeah, so it's basically just like if you see like it's a particular nature that's in, that's in you that is bad, like how do you convert it? And then it's basically like, okay, something I was thinking of was, okay, there's a way that I can like hide that member or act like he's not there. So it's like yeah. something I'm, I'm thinking of is like, should you like, you know, making sure that that the one that is bad is one that comes and says, or the, the like that part of me that is bad is one that comes and like, you know, confesses and asks God for forgiveness. And is the one that's also listening, not just like putting it back. So I just wanted to ask if that is like, if that is like right. Okay. I don't know. Okay, okay, so you just mean within yourself, you find something that's a kind mm -hmm. of uh, okay. Um, all right, so, um, um. Thank you, Father. So an important thing, like I said, is con contrition, is acknowledgement that this thing is bad, right? And is an issue. In James chapter 5, um, 5 verse 9, um, was it, um, where is it? Confess, confess your faults. I think verse 16, right? It says, mm -hmm. confess your faults one to another, right? and then pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effect of heaven prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So that thing of confessing and praying one for another is very, very important in dealing with, you know, faults. One of the important, once you see the fault that you have, let somebody know. Mm How -hmm. that's one, expose it. You know, the Bible says that cover it is seen will not prosper. And that's part of submission one to another is you can't have submission one to another without confessing of false one to another. Right, right. So confessing false one to another is part of submission one to another. Right. So let someone join together with you. Right. Preferably if it's somebody who is maybe more mature than you, right, who maybe you me to, right, you can um open it up. Right, because that thing, when light comes, right, and you bring it into the open, um, you are you are giving. You are not just resulting, leaving it to your own devices. You are you are actually. What that's the power of submission. With submission, you can use the power of the of the body to deal with your problem. It's not just you alone, right? You are able to tap into the resource which God has given in your immediate community, right? And you to say, okay, I'm dealing with this thing. And then while you're doing and then as you're praying, the reason why you pray, like I said before, is for the Lord to give insight 
life, the Lord will bring a dealing around that issue that will give you an opportunity to begin to take action, decisions, things that you need to walk, a contrary walk against that weakness. Oftentimes, that's what the Lord will do. He will give you insight. Can be, sometimes it can be scriptural, can be very, very you know, doctrinal or whatever. But then at some point, there will be a dealing of the Spirit around it. And you want to be sensitive mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, and then as you're responding accordingly, over time, healing will come. The Lord will heal. That um, mm-hmm. that you understand? Yes, um, yes sir. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank Father, you. we thank you tonight. We give you praise. I pray let this not just be words, but Lord, let the spirit of all you have said be upon every heart. As you, Jesus, you said the spirit of God is will remind us of all that has been said. Quicken, let the spirit quicken these thoughts. Let it move from a teaching, a class, let it become a meditation. Let it become something we think upon them and then give ourselves wholly unto them so that our profiting will begin to appear. We expect the profit individually in the, among the company, the profit concerning these things. I pray, Lord, let the spirit of health, health, the spirit of health, so we should prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospered. Let it begin to move among us, to begin to 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 help our members, Lord, to bring healing, to bring any place, Lord, where there be an offense, there be a heart, there be a thing, oh God, which has gained root. Oh, Father, you spoke about um, the root of bitterness. I say, among, lest there be their root, that root of bitterness, whereby many are defiled. I pray that let every such root of bitterness, let it be dealt with. Lord, let it be removed, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will um, cause there to be full healing, Lord, for every heart who desires to be healed in one way or the other. I pray, release power, release grace against offenses, Lord, in every heart and every oppression of, of the enemy for to cut off fellowship, to break fellowship. Fellowship from within and fellowship even among the brethren. I pray, oh God, leave there's any soul in any such danger. Let your grace flow. Let your heart flow and begin to give us, give us wisdom for now and great wisdom for the future. Wisdom for the, the attacks of Satan, the plans of the enemy, even for times to come, even for years to come. So that these truths will never leave our heart. They will be established, oh God, and you will make it fruitful in us, in all righteousness. Thank you, our Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you.